You're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. The complete guide to pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Parents You've Got This and proudly supported by Mastella. Mastella is a natural origin skincare for babies and children, recommended by healthcare professionals. Mastella by Parents Side since 1950. Breastfeeding is one of the biggest parts of having a baby. We don't think it's spoken often enough about at antenatal classes. As a new mum, your whole life revolves around feeding your baby and the time it takes. Did you know breastfeeding for one year is approximately 1,800 hours? That's a full-time job with four weeks annual leave, and that would only be 1,824 hours. That's amazing. It's, it can come easily to some people and it can be really challenging for others. Um, today we speak with our lactation expert Rowena Gray all about how to do it and she shares her tips and tricks on how to get breastfeeding off to a great start. Rowena is a nurse, midwife, she's also a mama of three and an international board certified lactation consultant. Um, she's very passionate about supporting mums to breastfeed and have a great breastfeeding experience. Um, and so Rowena, um, the first thing I want to ask you is why is breast milk so magic? I always tell my parents that breast milk is magic juice because it really is. It's so specific to each individual baby. Um, the composition of the breast milk changes depending on the gestation of the baby. So premature baby milk is very different to term newborn milk, which is different to one month old milk, which is different to six month old milk. It's very specific to the growing needs of each individual baby. It's not just milk, it's not just food for the baby, it is so much more. Um, it's, or the, the composition of the milk is so perfect in every way. Uh, it's always perfectly warm, it's the right temperature, it's in the right dose, it comes in a really clever package. Um, <laughs> but there's also so much more to breastfeeding or with breast milk because the nature of breast milk is ever-changing. So it's protective for the baby's immune system. One of the really mind-blowing things about breast milk is it contains these really specialised sugars. And these sugars coat the baby's gut um, and these sugars feed the natural gut bacteria of the baby. So it actually is boosting and supporting the baby's own development of their immune system. So it really is magic juice. It's not just milk. Many of us want to breastfeed. Um, some people don't, but many of us do want to breastfeed. And what would your tips be to get breastfeeding off to a really great start? Yeah, it's not always easy. We, we say it's a very natural thing to do, but it doesn't always come easy for some mums. Many mums do struggle. Um, but I always say to mums, take your time. This is a new craft you have to learn. It is instinctive for baby. Um, they know exactly what they're doing, but us mums, we have to learn and we sometimes need to take our time. So take your time to perfect your craft and follow your instincts. Uh, when you give birth to your baby, you give birth to your maternal instincts and they are 150% correct. Um, so by following your instincts, you're actually gonna be following your baby. And so following your baby's cues, um, do they appear hungry? Are they unsettled? Are they asleep? All of these things are going to guide you as to um, what you should be doing. And then another top tip is seek help early. It's never too early to ask for help um, and you actually don't need to have significant problems to reach out for help because you're gonna have a thousand questions that you want really helpful answers to. Um, but I also say, don't wait until you've got a collection of problems or challenges before you reach out for help. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people talk about skin to skin when you're breastfeeding, but what is this and why is it so important? So skin to skin initially, immediately after birth, we place babies on mum's tummy so that they are direct skin to skin contact. And one of the most important things for that skin to skin time immediately after birth is to support the baby's heart rate, uh, breathing rate, helps um, maintain baby's blood sugars, which is particularly important for mums who've had gestational diabetes, keeps baby warm, obviously. But one of the key things that skin to skin time is after birth it signals to the brain there's a baby here and a huge hormonal shift happens after birth from pregnancy hormones to breastfeeding hormones so having that baby close to mum's chest really gets that breastfeeding kick started um, and then Following the immediacy after birth, long-term skin-to-skin cuddles, apart from the fact it's really nice as a mum to have your baby nice and close, but skin-to-skin then means their cheeks and their hands in your bare cleavage area. And that again supports your long-term milk supply by keeping that contact, keeping those hormones going and increasing your um, milk supply accordingly. But it's also really helpful for mums to learn subtle cues with their babies. When they're really close, their hunger cues, their tired cues, they all look the same in those mm -hmm. first few weeks so it can be helpful to just get to know your baby by keeping them close as well. Can you talk to us about the breast crawl? Um, this just sounds absolutely incredible. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah, the breast crawl is a pretty impressive thing to witness. So when baby's born, immediately placed on mum's belly, so around the belly button. And if you just give a baby time, um, they will literally crawl to the breast. Um, so they use their elbows, their, their hands, their cheeks, their knees, and they actually get a crawling action following their nose literally towards the breast. Um, mums notice that their nipple becomes quite dark while they're pregnant and because babies can only see black and white. So the baby literally is following this shadow towards the nipple and the smell, uh, all their senses are insane. <laughs> so they're literally following their way up to the breast to take their first feed and latch for themselves. It's, it's beautiful. Wow. Mm. Well, can you talk to us, Rowena, a little bit about breastfeeding? How does it work? Mm. How do you feed on demand, feed to appetite? You know, what do you do? Yeah, so babies, as I said, they're born knowing how to breastfeed and they're following their survival instinct and, and that's what's going to teach them how to, oh, when to feed, how much to feed, when to sleep, how much to sleep. And babies literally follow their gut. So when their belly's empty, they wake up, they look for mum, and when their belly is full, they go back to sleep. Um, and this it's this supply-demand system that keeps breastfeeding going long-term. So we want babies to feed on demand. That means when they're ready, they wake up, they feed according to their appetite because they always feed according to their appetite and it's their appetite that keeps the drive of the milk supply going for as long as they need. Um, you have this amazing hormone in your breast milk that makes babies feel full so they just stop feeding so you cannot overfeed on breast milk um, and the nature of them feeding sometimes a snack size feed, sometimes a main course size feed, sometimes a three course feed, um, their natural rhythm of feeding starts to regulate your hormones and your milk supply to be in perfect sync with what they need by the time they're six to eight weeks old and then that just continues for as long as you continue to breastfeed. It's a pretty clever system. Gosh, our bodies and our babies are so clever. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it, the way mm. that this just happens. Um, one of the things that our babies are born with is reflexes. Can you talk to us a bit about the sucking reflex? Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the temptation to use things like dummies and when you would suggest or not suggest their use. 
Yeah, so the sucking reflex is a good one. Babies suck for many reasons, obviously for food for one and sucking for comfort um, is another. Now when babies are feeding well, they get both food and comfort from mum. Um, so when they latch to the breast, they get a mouthful of breast and it sets off that sucking reflex and they suck and swallow and breathe all at the same time. It's a it's a pretty cool party trick. I don't know when we lose that <laughs> reflex, um, but, but sucking obviously gives them food and then when they've had enough to drink, they'll continue to suck to get that comfort sucking time, which will settle them down to a, a deep and peaceful state. So often mums who are, um, are having a, a really positive breastfeeding experience tend to not need dummies because they get food and sucking all in the one. Um, dummies for some babies, particularly babies who might need to be helped with bottles, with breast milk or formula, they might need that extra sucking time with a dummy. Um, but we don't recommend mums introduce dummies too early. We know if we introduce other teats, um, particularly dummies within the first three weeks, can significantly impact their ability to latch on the breast properly, simply because the sucking action is completely different between um, dummy and, and breast. Um, but I always recommend to my parents, wait for a good six to eight weeks when your supply is well established and then adding in a dummy here and there. Parent sanity is so important and sometimes that's the only thing that will fix any given situation. <laughs> And is there a particular feeding pattern that babies all do or are they different? How does the feeding pattern work? Yeah, there's no set feeding rhythm, feeding, feeding pattern that a baby has to do. So breast milk is quickly digested within an hour. So regardless of whether babies had a drink size feed or a three course size feed, it is possible that they might want to go for another feed within an hour. So really frequent feeding is normal and expected in the first few weeks. But up to six hours between any two feeds is also normal. So we've got a really, really big range, one to six hours between any two feeds. Um, depends on your baby's size, depends so dependent on their needs as to how much they drink and how often they feed. Each breast makes and stores a different amount of milk to the mum next door. So we all have, we're all going to have a slightly different rhythm, even if our babies are the same age. Um, but what's important is babies always feed to appetite. So they will feed when they're hungry and they will just stop when they've had enough and they'll let you know if they're still hungry or they need to feed again in an hour or two. So how do we know if our baby is hungry? What are the hungry signs, Rowena, mm. that we can look for? One of the most common ones, I always say to parents in the first three or four weeks after their baby's born, if your baby's eyes are open, assume they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they do either feed or sleep in those first few weeks. There's not a lot more to it other than changing a nappy or 1500 in a day. Yes. Um, so if their eyes are open, they're probably hungry. And if their eyes are shut and they're nice and still and settled, they're not hungry. But some of the most common cues are that little mouth starts going, the, the lips are getting licked, the mouth is opening and the head's turning towards the, the mum, that really great rooting reflex of mum, where are you trying to find you with their face. Um, and then those are, it's kind of a silent sign at first and then their little body starts to get a little bit agitated and if you haven't picked up on those cues, they'll start crying. So we don't have to wait for babies to cry to know that they're hungry, but when you start to see that little mouth going, it's usually a sure sign that they're ready to feed. And when you are feeding them, how do you know you've got the right latch? How do you know that they're doing it correctly? Breastfeeding is really tactile. So if it feels good, it's probably good. It's kind of a fairly generalised statement, but mums, any mum that's had a baby that's not latched well knows 100% for certain 
when that baby's not latched well because it's really painful. Um, but you'll know that the, the baby will get on and it will be comfortable. Uh, you'll hear the baby swallowing and babies have this lovely rhythm of suck and swallow and breathe and they just feed and feed and feed and feed, sucking and swallowing with barely a break. Um, baby's body language is really calm and relaxed. Mum can have a conversation with the person next to her and not be um, too distracted by what's going on at the breast. Um, mum will notice that her breast feels quite full or, or heavy to start with and softer when the baby's had enough to feed. Um, her baby will be quite calm and relaxed after a feed, if not asleep. Mm. Um, and baby will have lots of wet and dirty nappies. That's a reassurance that, that the baby's feeding quite well. Um, and then just, yep, the cycle goes on and on again. So in terms of how we actually feed our babies, Rowena, um, in hospital I remember, you know, there was sort of a, a certain position that I kept getting taught was, you know, the right position to feed my baby. Is that the case or are there different ways that we can hold and feed our babies? And what are your favourite positions for breastfeeding? There's no one right way to feet. Um, if you just look on YouTube, you can see these beautiful yoga mums standing on their heads, breastfeeding <laughs> their baby. I mean, there's no specific way we shouldn't be holding our babies yeah. in one particular way if you can do it that way. Um, so we often get taught the cradle hold in hospital um, and that often is having a hand behind the baby's shoulder blades. Um, often mums are shown to kind of gently push the baby towards the breast. Um, I'm more of a, a more organic way of uh, holding the baby, just in a position where the baby can just lift their chin, open their mouth and the nipple essentially slides in under the top lip. So you can do that in the cradle hold. You can do that, um, you know, mums have twins or multiple babies. Um, sometimes under their arms. Um, you can lie down, you can lie back, um, but really the basics of it is so that the baby can access the breast. We want mum to sit in a comfortable position where she can be there for 30, 45 minutes on average. It's a fair chunk of her time, multiple times a day, so she wants to be comfortable. Um, but her back well supported, her feet well supported, and just play, bringing the baby to her, and if it, she just angles the nipple up towards the top lip, then the baby will naturally lift their chin up, another reef Flex. If you touch a baby between the top lip and nose, they'll lift their chin and open their mouth and that helps them get a nice big mouthful of breast. There's no one right way. As long as it works, as long as it's comfortable and baby is settled, doesn't matter how it looks. And what about supply? How does that work? Do you just always have enough milk or is only certain milk at a certain time? How does that work? Some mums have loads of milk, some mums don't produce enough milk and some have just the right, it's kind of Goldilocks and the three bears, isn't it? Um, <laughs> So when we're looking at supply, it's as soon as baby la starts latching in those first few hours, those first few days, it's the beginning of getting that milk supply going. And as long as baby continues to feed on demand, um, that milk supply will keep going to meet that baby's needs. So we want to be really careful to not feed by the clock. We want to make sure we're following our baby. A clock can't tell us that our baby needs something. It just, it's just not a, not a physical possibility. Um, babies don't need to feed every three hours and that's what almost every single mum is told at some stage in her breastfeeding career. It's just not true, there's no science behind that. It's all about babies meeting their actual needs because they're following their survival instinct, that's all they've got to go on. So if we continue to feed according to our baby's needs, your baby will feed to appetite, the appetite stimulates the milk supply and the milk supply keeps on going. Gosh, it's just such an amazing process, isn't it? It's just so clever. It is absolutely <laughs> mind-boggling. Um, can we talk about how comfortable it should be, Rowena? Because 
uh, it sounds, you know, when you imagine having a baby sucking at your nipple, it doesn't sound very comfortable. Um, and, you know, some people say they even experience pain when they're breastfeeding. Is that something that they should be feeling or? Pain's not something mums should be feeling. Now, when we first start out breastfeeding, those first few weeks, there's so many hormonal changes going on. So that initial latch can actually be excruciatingly painful for some mums, or some mums feel it as just a bit of a bit unpleasant. Um, but that initial latch pain should only last 10 seconds at most. Um, so it's quite common for the baby to first latch on, to be in, mum to have quite a lot of discomfort and then it to feel much better after that. So comfort is key and the reason is a baby's going to get that nipple right in the right spot in their mouth. So if you roll your tongue back as far as it goes in your mouth, that's how far back the baby takes the nipple. It's quite yes. a long way back, the junction of the soft and hard palate. And when it's in that right placement in the baby's mouth, there's nothing in baby's mouth that can touch the nipple. So the nipple should be comfortable. You should just feel a strong but quite a pleasant tug on the nipple. Mum should be very aware that there's a baby there but shouldn't be distracted by the discomfort level. Certainly shouldn't be curling her toes and holding her breath and writhing in pain. That's, that's not a good latch. And we always advise mum to take the baby off and try again to help them lift their chin, angle that nipple to their nose and help baby get a, a bigger mouthful of breast. I think one of the things that parents worry about most is, is my baby getting enough milk? How do you know? Mm. The easiest way is what goes in has to come out. So <laughs> if your baby's having wet and dirty nappies, it's obviously going in. Uh, a lot of parents look at weight gain and that's, um, it's a helpful tool at times, but um, numbers tend to make or break us as parents and often the scales can break mothers um, and, and um, they start to feel a little bit disappointed if the scales aren't going up as quickly as they'd like them to. So wet and dirty nappies is always the key indicator, uh, as well as comfort. If the baby's latching well, and then if they're swallowing for most, the most part of the, um, of the feed, then that's working. Mum will notice that her breast is fuller the breath to begin with, and the breast is much softer by comparison at the end. Baby will be um, looking for food and then really soft, um, relaxed and calm at the end of a feed, hopefully asleep. And then obviously the baby will put on weight, but if all those other things are going really well and the weight's not quite enough, sometimes babies do big wheel poo before we put them on the scales. And if you weigh that nappy, it's quite a significant amount of weight. So we don't want to look at weight in isolation as our reassurance that baby's feeding well. It's just but one part of the bigger picture. So wet and dirty nappies cannot lie. It's a physiological process. If it's going in, it's got to come out. So if, um, if mums are counting four to six nappies, in a 24 hour period, it's actually not that many when some babies feed, uh, wee or poo 15 times a day. Um, also babies poo um, sometimes multiple times a day and sometimes once in two weeks. Uh, those babies explode yes. at the two week mark. Um, but when it comes to poos, we're looking at color and consistency. So yellow poos say that they're well um, nourished. The fat in the milk uh, makes the poo go yellow and obviously the fluid in the milk gives you wet nappies. So we, that reassures us of hydration and nourishment. In terms of as a mum, you mentioned that after a feed that you'd feel that softness in your breasts. What if you have start to experience things like block ducts or even mastitis? Can you talk to us a little bit about these and mm. how we can prevent them? So block ducts and mastitis are not normal. 
It's common, yes, but that's actually a problem. There's something going on. Um, so these things can come from a couple of um, a couple of reasons. One of the biggest reasons is if, if mum is timing feeds or feeding by the clock. So the baby's not stimulating the breast according to appetite. They're not softening the breast due to uh, in response to their appetite. And sometimes milk can um, get blocked up. <clears throat> So they're not softening the breast adequately and within a reasonable time frame. Sometimes mums um, have had poor latch, so their nipples are damaged. If there's a crack in the nipple, bacteria can sneak in there and cause, cause inflammation um, as well. Or sometimes mums just make way more milk than their baby needs. They're actually not doing anything um, that they shouldn't be. They're just, their breasts are just overproducing and way more than the baby needs. The baby can't possibly soften the breasts um, every time they feed. So there's a whole lot of reasons why we can get blocked ducts and mastitis. A lot of mums get it, but it's not normal. It shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to avoid it at all costs because mum feels very unwell. Um, your breasts feel really hot, really sore, really, really sore, um, bright red. You, you can't miss mastitis. Um, you don't kind of think, oh, I wonder if I'm getting mastitis. It's like, well, this, this must be it. It's a pretty full on thing. Um, thankfully, we've got really great treatment options for mastitis. We don't rush off to the GP and get antibiotics. Um, we now rush off to our local women's health physio for therapeutic ultrasound. Um, and the ultrasound helps calm down the swelling. Because mastitis is an inflammation, it's not an infection. So the milk is perfectly safe for baby. So the ultrasound settles down the inflammation settles down the pain, uh, helps lessen the duration of the mastitis. Some mums, however, might get um, fevers, shakes, rigors, feeling really miserable uh, with the mastitis and they might need antibiotics as well. But yeah, off to the physio, not to the GP, first of all. Thanks so much Rowena for coming in today and a huge thanks to Mustella for sponsoring this podcast. Deciding to breastfeed is such a personal decision. If you do decide to breastfeed, Give your nipples a helping hand with Certified Organic Mastella's Nursing Balm. It is made up of 100% natural ingredients, has no smell so it won't distract your baby while breastfeeding. It is lanolin free and no need to wipe it off before a feed. You're listening to The Expert Guide to Parenthood. Next week on the podcast, we'll be discussing your nursery and setting it up for safe sleep with Red Nose and our safe sleep expert, Tiffany. And never forget parents, you've got this. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace, a discussion with your doctor or healthcare professional. Parents You've Got This take no responsibility for any medical decisions made by individuals based on the information provided in this podcast. Join a Parents You've Got This masterclass today to be prepared, excited and educated for pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. Visit www.parentsyou'vegotthis.com.au and sign up for a masterclass today.